uh, good morning. Today's shear is uh, for Rafush Leima of Chana Basnaoni Ella and I just want to see something because audio doesn't seem to be okay. Um, today's shear is for and uh, today's daf is daf. Yud Zion 17. I'm going to go from the second last line of Tez Zion Amud Beis 16b. Second last line. The Gemara is discussing. Remember, we're discussing what are the 18. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, good. Um, the, the Gemara is discussing what are the 18. Um, what are the 18 Zayas that were made on that day when Beishamai outvoted Beishilel? Remember, yeah, I haven't mentioned it, but remember, we generally just about always follow Basilel. One reason is because they're majority. The other reason is there was a, um, there was a bus call. But this is all long before. This is all before that it was determined to follow Basilel. And uh, these were there was a lot of uh, arguments, debate amongst Israel who to follow. And this was a time when the sages, it seems, got together in the, the attic of Hanadim and Chizkiyahu. They took a vote, and once the Sanhedrin issues a vote to determine the halacha, well, then that's the halacha. Like we saw, I think it was in Shabbos's daf, it said, What do you mean everyone agreed? We said that they argued, Beishamai Beishil argued. So, what do you mean everyone agreed? No, once they've issued the vote, then that's the halacha, and everyone afterwards, even Beishil, will agree. So, that's what these 18 Zairas, again, we, the 18 Zairas where we ended up following Beishamai, but obviously it is now unanimous. Okay, so second last line says the Idif Mahi. What is another one of these examples of this of these eighteen zeros? So this is actually number eleven according to the base account. Now, just before we go into this, just to remind us of the halachas of Ohel. Remember, a human mace can transmit tum in three ways: Moga, Mosa, and Ohel. So Moga is contact, Mosa is moving it, and Ohel is it's literally a tent. Now, there are three ways that a tent works. If someone passes over a grave or over a corpse, it doesn't matter whether they're close to it, far above it, you know, the famous uh, aeroplane flying over a cemetery, all those are questions of oil passing over. Similarly, if someone passes under a corpse, that's the second type of oil. And the third type of oil is where you pass under the same roof as the oil. Now we know to Orisa for it to be considered a roof, it has to be a tefach wide. A tefach is a fist, so approximately eight centimeters. So if there's a plank or even a roof, but a plank a minimum of eight centimeters wide over the corpse on one end and over you or Kalim or something else under the other end, again, you're not touching the mace, you're not touching the stick. It forms a ohel and the tumor travels under it and you or the Kalim that are under it would be Tomei. So that's the that's the important one for us. Now the Tanan we learned to the Mishnah, anything that can be carried transfers Tuma with under a cattle goat, under the thickness of a cattle goat. Now a cattle goat was basically a stick with a little uh, prod or spark or something on the end to uh, get the animals to move. So a stick under it is uh, a stick, it's not very wide, it's about a third of a tefach, as we'll see. So, so they said that if you have metaltalin under one end, 
So you have a, a corpse under one end and Kalim under another end of this uh, cattle thing over in the air. They both become Tomei. He says, if this is true, I will bury my sons because this is halacha that is cut off. I'll cut off my sons because this is halacha that cut off. I.e., in other words, he's saying, firstly, he's saying in very strong language, it means so much to me that we're getting the halacha wrong. Um, in a way, I swear by my children's life. Very quest, um, But I swear that this, this halacha is nonsense. It makes no sense. It has no true source. Because why does Thomas Ohel travel under a stick, um, under a stick, a third of a tefach? As we know, Thomas Ohel only travels under something that is actually a tefach. So, so that's what that's what he says. He says this can't be. And he says, um, yeah, it's a big question how he could use such language of ekpach esbeni. I will bury my children. But that's for a, uh, we don't have time to discuss it now. But then he says, now what's wrong? The one who heard this halacha must have heard a similar halacha and made a mistake. What is the halacha that he heard? If you have a farmer walking with his stick on his, with his cattle goat on his shoulder. And the one end of the stick passes over a grave. Timo oiso. The stick becomes tomei. Because a, a kli, a vessel that goes over a maze. As I mentioned, if a person goes over a grave, even if he doesn't touch it, or over a corpse, he becomes tomei. So to kalim. So this stick, when it's the one end he's carrying, passes over the grave, the stick becomes tomei. And then obviously, what level of tumor is it? So mace is aviavos. So the stick becomes a av. And holding it on his shoulder, he becomes a rishon. But that's what the correct halacha is. Not, a, not as an ohel, but as a... Um, not as an ohel, but as through the stick is an ohel. So the stick becomes tome, but he's touching the stick and that's why he becomes tome. Again, Rabbi Tarpon says, if you have this thin stick, less than a tefak wide, one end over the grave and one end over the farmer, Obviously, he does not become Tome, and that's completely a complete mistake. Rabbi Akiva says, no, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to show you how to read it. That actually what they said can uh, can stand. He says, all metaltalin can transfer Tuma to the person who is carrying it, as long as it has the thickness of the Marda. Obviously, the kli itself can become tomei with any amount. And for it to work as an ohel over other people or kalim, it has to be a minimum size of a tefah. So Rabbi Akiva reads it in three steps. First, he says, I'm going to explain it according to Rashi. He says, if someone's, as I explained before, if someone's carrying a long stick, again, a third of a tefah, and he's walking along, and the one end of the stick goes over a grave, that stick becomes tomei. Because as we know, anything that passes over a grave, as long as it's susceptible to tomei, becomes tomei. So that stick becomes a av from the corpse. He becomes a rishon for touching the stick. Now the rabbis say, oh, 
he's actually Tomei de Orisa. Again, as a, as a level of a Rishon, we're going to make a Xera that he is Tomei on the level of a mace, as if this goad is an Ohel. Now, you're right, really, it's not an Ohel, but it's a Xera Drabonin along the lines of the. Um, because people get confused. Yesterday I walked under a stick, and this stick actually, remember, yeah, we'll, we'll explain it soon. That's the first level. The second level is obviously any clee that passes over a grave, doesn't matter what size it is, it becomes tome. The only question we want to know is how does it transfer to further? But the, any item, you have a tiny teaspoon that's thrown over a grave, over a corpse, or passed over a corpse, it becomes tome for being oil, excuse me, for being oil over the mile, over the mace. Similarly, if it's in the, and then the third level was anything under the same roof as a mace becomes tome. Remember, as we said, what's the minimum size of what's considered a roof? A tefa. That's why if you notice in the cemeteries, anything can form this roof. It doesn't have to be a roof and it doesn't have to be uh, something very strong, an umbrella. You're walking and the one end of the umbrella goes under the, over the mace and you're under the other end of the umbrella, it becomes tome. Um, Kohanim in the cemetery have to be very careful because if there's one tree, if there's a big tree growing and one end is over the mace, and he walks under the other end, the tree also forms a canopy. So that's a roof. Again, it's wider than a tepa. So that's the third din. But again, the minimum size is a tepa. And then he says, This mardah, this cattle goat that we're discussing, it doesn't have a thickness of a tepa, but it has a circumference of a tepa. And they made a xera. They made a xera. This is the Zaira that we're discussing, one of the 18 Zairas, that the, because the circumference is the tefah, remember circumference is times past just over three, so we're talking about a, a stick that's about a, the, it's about a third of a tefah, and then the circumference around the stick is actually a tefah, and that's where the Zaira is. As I explained, why did they make that Zaira? Because someone will get a little bit confused. They'll say, yesterday, when I walked under the plank, the little board that was at an area, surface area of a tefah, I became tome. Today I'm carrying a stick that has a surface area of a tefah. Maybe I should become tome. But they only made that gazera on him because anyway, Doraisi, he's already a tuma rishon. Remember, why is he a tome rishon? Because the stick passes over the grave, it becomes an avatuma, and he's touching the stick, so he becomes a rishon. Okay. Now, the Gomorrah just wants to analyze. So, according to Rabbi Akiva, this is the 11th Gezeira. But according to Rabbi Tarfun, he said it's all nonsense. This whole discussion is nonsense. So, what would Rabbi Tarfun say? So, Rabbi Tarfun says, I will cut off my sons if this, because this is a cut off halacha. Botrula, who we missing one of the 18. He made the Xayra like we saw yesterday, that you treat the daughters of Kutim like Nidos from the cart. I remember, as we mentioned yesterday, um, Kutim don't follow Droshas. Now, Chazal learned a Drosha that it doesn't matter how young the girl is. If she sees dumb, she becomes a Nida. Whether she's one day old, or whether she's 12 or 20, or whatever it is, she becomes a Nida. So, 
but it's a drosha, so the Putin didn't hold for that. So they made a gzera in case that this Kuti little, this young Kuti girl saw dumb, and the Putin didn't uh, treat as a nida because they don't believe nida starts until she's an actual adult woman. Then, uh, so they made a gzera that all of them are tome, like nidos, and uve edir, and regarding if he forgot a bucket under the pipe, remember what's considered maim she'uvim, the other makhloikas we learned yesterday, sovelei grevimei, he learns like grevimei, that that is actually um, one of the gzairas. Okay, so we so we now have, we will get 18 according to Rebi uh, Tarfun as well. Okay, the idir, the next one, the 12th one. Now, to understand this one, just to uh, refresh our memory regarding to remember, produce food can only become tome if it's made susceptible to tumor how does it become susceptible to tumor if one of the um if one of the seven liquids land on it just for us the three two of the seven liquids that are relevant to us is olive oil and wine primarily wine so the question is when you pick in the grapes and they put into the basket and a little bit of the juice drips out does that make, according to the Torah, that juice doesn't make the grapes hefsher? Why? Because you don't want the grape juice to drip out. Where do you want the grape juice? You want it to drip out into the vat, into the wine press, so that you collect the oil. So Doraisa, the juice that drips out of the grapes, doesn't become doesn't make the grapes hefsher, because again, you have to want the juice for it to be hefsher. And here you don't want it, you don't want it to drip out. But um, we're going to see by Shama make Xayra, and that's what we're going to discuss now. Um, if you collecting grapes for the wine press, you're harvesting grapes for the wine press. Shama Omer Shama says the little bits of water that get squeezed out in the pick in the harvesting makes them hushar. Hillel Omer Lo Hushar. Hillel says they do not become hushar. Says why are you so focused on harvesting grapes and not harvesting olives? It should be the same halacha. You, you Bei Shammai, are coming along and saying that only grapes beget this halacha. But why don't you say that... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, only grapes um, get this halacha that when some of the juice drips out, it makes them all tome. You should say the same thing when you're harvesting olives and some of the juice drips out. So, Amalayim Tiknikaini... Gozrani, Tuma Apalamasika, if you provoke me, I will decree Tuma on these olives as well. I, Vaishama says, I've got a lot of logical reasons why to, to distinguish between grapes and olives. But if you insist on comparing them, then I'll make the decree on olives as well. And Tosos bring one of the reasons behind this is because um, what comes out of. Uh, what comes out of the olives at first is not really oil, more what he calls, um, I think it was mohel or something, but more a, a more solid liquid that's not really considered oil and therefore is not considered a liquid. Okay, but either way, Beishamai didn't want to make the xayra on olives and they said, um, Beishilil, if you force me to, I will also make the xayra on olives. But again, the key point for us is Beishamai arguing with Beishilil, made xayra on grapes, that the juice that drips out of the grape while you're harvesting them, makes the grapes hefshel a tumor, they can now, they are now susceptible to tumor. Now, just to determine, 
Lo Yetze. They stuck a sword in the entrance of by the base midrash, and they said, whoever wants to come in and discuss the halacha so we can determine it, well, come in, but no one's allowed to leave until we've determined the halacha of Oysa Yom Halahil Tzofus Yosef in Shamai. That day, Hillel was subject, and he bowed before Beis Shamai, like one of the students for Eagle, and it was like it was a day that was as harsh for Yisrael as when the Eagle was when they made the golden calf. One shot is because Hillel was the Nazi, and because in this scenario Beishamai were the majority and the, and they were running the show, Hillel was subject to them very similar to the times of the Eagle when Aaron was trying to stop the Jews building the Eagle and they over overran him, they overpowered him. So, so to hear the the lower level, the not Nasi was the Nasi was overpowered by other people. But but no one accepted that decree from Shama and Hillel. their students came and they accepted it from them. My now so that's the thing. This whole discussion was was Shama and Hillel. No one accepted it when Shammai made the Xerah. A few years later, when their students, Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, made the Xerah, then it was accepted. My timer, what's the reason for this decree? So, Ziri says the concern is that you will harvest them, harvest these grapes in non-kosher, bar, in, in tome baskets. Now, what happens? The liquid drips out. Granted, you don't want the liquid. It becomes tome. It is a liquid, and we're going to learn that it becomes tome from the from the tome basket. Now, granted, you kind of have to want the liquid for it to be considered liquid. This is of the opinion, as we'll see in the next line, that if you if the liquid can become tome and it will become tome, then it's viewed as significant. So, what does he say? Um, So, yeah, so he says, so that's what uh, Ze'iri says. It's exactly, this, that it's a tome clean, makes it into drink. Shapir, because only when it's a drink can it become tome, but by the fact that it's in a tome vessel, that gives it significance enough to, I don't know, in my mind, it's a little bit of a catch-22. But basically, we're saying that that gives it the power to uh, to become tome, this that it that it's in a tome vessel, which would make a tome, gives it the power to be a drink that it would become tome, and then it would make the grapes tome. So that's why they made the xera. But according to the opinion that it does not, that a ki tome does not make a considered drink. Again, by the fact that you don't want this grape juice that's dripped out into this basket. Because, again, it's going to waste. So you don't want it to drip out. You want it rather to go into the wine press. Therefore, since it's not a liquid, it can't even become Tomei. Michael, remember, what's the reason for the Xayra? So El Amr Ziri, Ziri revised himself. Amr Rabbi Hanina, and he said, name of Rabbi Hanina. Xayra Shema Yivashrenu Bakufos Mezufopos. says, it's a concern you might harvest into baskets that are lined with pitch. Now, what happens if they lined with pitch? What happens to the juice? doesn't drip out and go to waste. It collects in the bottom. And when you pour it into the wine press, you pour it with the juice that's already dripped out of the grapes. So there's no reason to not want that grape juice. So therefore, since you want the grape juice, 
because it's going to be collected and it's not going to waste it will make your it now makes the food susceptible to tumor and therefore Beishamai came along and made Xayra again in case you're collecting in a pitch in a basket lined with pitch it's all Tomei now Rava Omar Xayra Mishum Hanoishchois Rava says now the Xayra is because of the Noishchois what are the Noishchois? Noishchois are the clusters that stick together in the harvest and you pull them apart on purpose but when pulling them apart some of the juice squeezes out now since it's an action that you're doing on purpose and it's inevitable even though you don't really want it to happen it's what we call a sick ratio it's definitely going to happen and we say that it's as if you want it to happen again you're doing it on purpose you're pulling these clusters apart on purpose and some of the juice is definitely going to sprout so it's as if you want that juice and therefore it makes it susceptible sometimes a person will go to his harvest to check if the grapes are ripe and ready for harvest. And he squeezes a little bit of uh, some of the grapes and some of the clusters. And it sprays onto some of the other grapes. Again, those grapes that are growing on the tree are still not susceptible to tumor because they're growing on the tree. It's only once they pick. But he says, Sometimes the juice that you squeeze onto them will still be moist. And then you... And then... Uh, that juice you did want, because remember, you squeezed the grapes on purpose to determine whether they were ripe and ready to be picked. And therefore, that juice you did want, and therefore it makes the, the juice uh, tomate. Okay. Um, yeah. So again, so that's the 11th. Um, no way. That's the 12th. That's the 12th Xayra of Beishama and Beishilil. Again, that baskets that you're not allowed to, sorry, that the juice that comes out of grapes at the time of harvest, even though you don't necessarily want it, because there's all these likelihoods where it would be a problem, they made exera that it's tome. The idir, the 13th one, Omar Tavi Rishba, Omar Shmuel, Tavi Rishba said, Shmuel, Truma, Truma, Gozru. This, that if you grow something from Truma, it itself becomes is viewed as truma was a, a decree on that day is one of the 18 decrees what is this referring to remember if you take truma grain so you harvest a wheat field you have to separate some for the kohen now if you plant that grain strictly speaking as you plant it it, it loses its status of truma and it becomes we'll call a fresh grain as it grows so that's a way to almost get rid of the truma of the yeah, the truma status. Remember, truma is kodesh and it has to be given to the kohen, etc. But they made exera that if you plant truma and it grows grain, that grain is viewed as truma. That's the exera. My time. What's the reason for it? So Amar Rabbi Chanina says no, it's exera because of toho truma that a Jew has. I a Jew might say I harvested a thousand uh, kilos of wheat. I don't want to have to give, uh, what does it work out to be, about 2%. Um, I don't want to give um, 2% to the Kohen, so I'm going to plant it, and it loses its status of Truma. So to prevent Israel, uh, Jews from avoiding giving their Truma to the Kohen, they said whatever grows from that Truma becomes Truma anyway. It says, says, if we suspect the Jews of 
trying to get away from giving their truma, well, then they don't even have to really separate. They could separate one piece of wheat, like Shmuel, and they didn't do that. We must trust them that they want to give truma. What's the minimum amount of truma you can give? So according to um, Shmuel, one grain. According to the Torah, there's no set amount on truma. So you pick out one grain from your pile and give it to the Kohen, and you're done. You've separated. So if a Jew doesn't want to separate truma, he can just follow Shmuel's teaching and give the Kohen one grain. He's not going to separate truma and then plant it. So by the fact that he separated truma, we can trust him. So he says, so what's the reason for the Xayla? Rav says the Xayla is because of Truma Tameya in the hands of the Kohen. Now what happens? Truma Tameya, you're not allowed to eat. So the Kohen has this whole sack of uh, flour that became Tomei, and he's not allowed to do anything with it. He has a whole barrel of wine that became Tomei, and he's not allowed to do anything with it. So what's he going to do? Well, I guess wine's not a good example, and now there's flour, but he's got a whole grain of, a whole sack of grain, that he can use to make flour and bread and all um, yum food. And I, it's Thomas, they can't do anything. What's he going to want to do? Plant it, because then when it grows, it's not Thomas Trum anymore. So we worried about that. Oh, so why don't we want him to do that? What's wrong if he does that? So Because he might leave it and it will come to Kakola. He might say, look, I know it's not harvest season, it's in a few months. I'll leave it for a few months and then I'll go plant it. In the interim, someone will walk into his cupboard for not know that it's Trumatame and come to eat it. So therefore they made the Xayra. Okay. The Idich, what's another one of the Xayras? Number 14. This that if someone's walking on Erev Shabbos and it turns into Shabbos and he's carrying his wallet, he's allowed to give it to a non-Jew on that day. He's a, sorry, he's allowed to give it to a non-Jew. That's exactly they made on that day. There are a few factors in this. Firstly, generally on Shabbos, you're not allowed to ask a non-Jew to do malacha from for you. So if you carry in your wallet and you can't carry it anymore, you can't ask a non-Jew to do it. They made exactly that you are allowed to do that. Why are you allowed to do it? Because no one's going to want to leave their wallet on the side of the road. So they might come to break that. Rather, some people would rather break Shabbos than lose their wallet. So they said, okay, give it to a non-Jew. The second factor is there's a permitted way to carry. How do you carry in Rishus Harabim? How do you move this wallet? You walk less than Dalet Amos. Remember, we learned towards the beginning of the Masechta that if you walk four Amos in Rishus Harabim, you transgress carrying. If you walk three Amos, three and a half Amos and stop, then you don't transgress carrying. So theoretically, he could walk three Amos, three Amos, three Amos, three Amos, and he wouldn't be carrying, but Chazal made Xayra that he can't. Okay, the Idich, what's other Xayras? So now we're going to see number 15. This that the bread, oil, wine, and um, woman of non-Jews are also, they're all part of the 18 decrees. Um, I, um, what is the, um, what are the, we know that the bread of baked by a non-Jew, the oil produced by a non-Jew, the wine even touched, uh, moved by a non-Jew, that's Yaya, what we call Stam Yainam or Yain Nesach, Uvenosehem, and the, um, their daughters, you're not, obviously you're not allowed to marry, that's the right, but you're not even allowed to go into Yichud with a non-Jew, that's one of the Xerah. So this is the 18th Xerah, this is the, well, yeah, the 
This is number 14. Kula miyudches dovorheim. They all part of the 18. So now the Gemara is going to show that we actually have 18 in our discussion. According to Rebbe Meir, we have 18. Rashi gives us a good summary, but what are the 18? I'll just run through them very quickly. So remember, we started with that price, which mentioned non-zeras to do with things that are shiny and can make trumatome. That was the first non. The tenth was, what is you, if you forget a bucket of water under a pipe that you left to collect there, does that become maim shuuvim? The eleventh one was the discussion of the ohel over the mace, the stick that the farmer's carrying that's mahel over the mace. Does it make him tome ohel, tome mace? The twelfth one was Heksher, the, the harvesting of the grapes and the juice drips out. The thirteenth one was Gidule Truma, what we saw at the top of the page. The fourteenth one was um, giving your that you, you must give your wallet to a non-Jew to carry if you realize you're carrying it on Shabbos. The fifteenth one was this one of this um, bread, oil, wine, and non-Jewish woman. The fifth one was um, so the 16th one was, um, this is one that we discussed, by the way, but we mentioned according to a few opinions, but we're now going to add it to the list. We always mention it as a substitute for someone who didn't have one to the list. We're now adding it as one to the list, that the daughters of a kuti are considered a nida from day one, even if they haven't seen blood. The 17th and the 18th one we saw in our, we saw going on our Mishnah. This is why we came into this discussion. Remember, removing last or reading by the light of the candle. So those are the 18 Gezeras. It says, But this is, according to Rabbi Yossi, the only 17, because he excluded Shuvim. He excluded the case of Maim Shuvim. He said, that's not one of the Gezeras. This, that if you leave a bucket of water under a pipe, it becomes Maim Shuvim. He said, that's not. So, So, he says, add the, to the list how Rav Adabar Ava learns the Xayra. We're going to see shortly. Rav Adabar Ava said, they made a decree on their bread because you might come to have their oil. And they made a decree on their oil because you might come to have one of a non-Jew. Remember, the key problem is one. Um, says, oh, I'll pito mishum shmeinam, I ulma d'shem in mi pas. Why would they make a xayra of bread because you might come to have their oil? Maybe you should make it on oil because they might come to have their bread. Which better? It says, no. They made a decree against having the bread and the wine of an onju, the bread and the oil of an onju because you might come to have their wine. Remember, wine is worse because um, um, wine is wine. Oh, wine is worse because wine is a social drink it's more likely to lead to intermarriage. That's the whole, that seems to be the foundation of this. And the wine, you might come to marry their daughters or be in Yichud with their daughters. And of their daughters, you're not allowed to, why did they want you to separate their daughters? Because of Dovar Acher, Abod Azora. When Jews start hanging out with the non-Jewish woman, it leads them to Abod Azora. And Abod Azora because of Dovar Acher. So wait, so those are the two, now we've split it into two gazeras. We have one gazera, you're not allowed to have the bread, um, bread, oil and wine of a non-Jew, because you'll come to have um, intermarriage, and that also leads, and that leads to Avodah That's one decree, Val Dovar Acher, Mishum Dovar Acher. And Avodah leads to something else, my Dovar Acher, 
So they made another gazera omer am nachum bayitzak gozral tinok nochri shetoma beziva shelo yehi tinok yisrael rogel etzro bemishkav zocher. They made a gazera that um, they made a gazera that a non-Jewish um, boy is viewed as a zav from the day he's born to stop Jewish children playing with him. Remember, they were very careful about Tuma. So if a non-Jew has the status of uh, um, if a non-Jew has the status of a um, sorry, I lost my If a non-Jew has the status of a, of a Zab, they won't let their Jewish children play with him, and it will lead to if they did it, it would lead to Mishkat Zohar. So that's he splits that into two. It says, Oh, Well, now according to there. 18. If you're telling me that there's a Xayra because you might come to Eric to marriage and a Xayra that their sons are like Zavos or two, well, then we have an extra one according to Rabbi Meir. Now, we counted food and vessels that become Tomei through liquid. We counted that as two separate decrees. Really count that as one. And that gives us the 18. There are a few more points to discuss on this. We just don't have time, and I'd rather not start a new meet, uh, a new meeting. But just one of them is um, remember this one, this Yayin Nesech is stricter than all the others. We're very strict with it even nowadays. If it's wine that is Mavushal, that has been most old pasteurized or just cooked, then it doesn't become Yayin Nesach, and that's most of our kosher wine, and that's why we're not so careful. If it's wine that is not Mavushal, okay. If it's wine that is not mavushal, um, then uh, um, sorry. If it's wine that is not mavushal, then you have to be very careful. Again, we say nowadays since they aren't ovdavodazor, it's not osurbano, so you could still sell it or something like that. But it is uh, very strict; you're not allowed to drink it. So be careful if you have yain mavushal around the house. We don't have time to go into all of those halachas, but we'll leave it there for today.